Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We lift up, we lift up your name this morning. And I had a thought. If you were going to get a tattoo, what would you get? And probably not many of the 8AMers have got tattoos. But do you know that one of our Olympians, our high jumper, has just got a tattoo on her arm saying perfect love cast that all fear. And she got that tattoo because she said for the last couple of years she was struggling with performance. She, had, she kept thinking about performance and she couldn't jump. So she changed her mindset to being perfectly loved by God. And now she's breaking all records. So if you want to be a high jumper, that might be a key. But let me pray. You know, I just think, um, isn't that amazing? It's perfect love. It's that you are loved. And I know you're here with a bunch today, but it's not about the bunch. It's about you. He really loves you. He loves you more than you love yourself. He loves you more than your mum loves you. And mums love a real lot. So, Father, we just say thank you for loving me. My, in my weakness and in my mess, you love me so much. Nothing's withheld. And Father, I pray you take us all on a journey where perfect love, knowing that we're loved, could cast out all fear. Amen. It's a good question to ask yourself, what would my life look like if I didn't have any fear? Okay, turn to the person next to you and say something profound. Think of something profound. And I can't think of anything profound. And then sit down. Okay, calling all the enlargers. Hey, how good is the band this morning? How good is it having Tyler on and James with the Cardi? Who loves Cardi's? <laughs> okay, and here we have Andrew Johns. Um, so look, it's Origin this week. And uh, look, I've, I've covered up all the advertising for beer and alcohol because we are, after all, we are a church. Um, but I have noted, and we need to talk to our security people about this, there are some Queenslanders in the room. Uh, so yeah, right up the back there. Yeah. Um, uh, keep our boys in prayer. Uh, they're going to Townsville, so they're right in amongst it. But anyway, I'm going to behave now. Um, we are going to have a panel. We're going to talk to the Brains Trust behind Enlarge and the expansion of our physical presence uh, in Newcastle. You would have known that um, we have been planning for a building, uh, and, and when you build a building for a church, the whole church changes. So we want to give you some updates as to what's happening, um, how we're thinking as a church, uh, so that you can see what it is that your contributions are going towards, and you can see the future direction. Because it's Enlarge Week, we're going to enlarge. Uh, we're going to expand, not only physically, but also spiritually. This is going to be for our faith as well to become a bigger presence here. Um, so we've got a couple of questions for our esteemed panel members that I'll ask them, and um, uh, yeah, we'll get some insight and some wisdom as to where we are headed as a church. The first one is for you, Pastor Roz. What's the vision for the building now, and where are we headed? What's the direction that we're taking? Okay, well, COVID made us all rethink our lives, and it also made us rethink church. Uh, it made us rethink buildings, reminded us of our priorities, our mission, which is to make disciples. 
And in our church, we've also had a leadership shift. Mark felt his season of senior pastoring was coming to an end. He handed the baton to me with the mandate to uh, transition the leadership of the church to the next generation. And in case you hadn't noticed, Craig, I'm not the next generation. The neck cream isn't working. Um, <laughs> so this will take two or three years and I didn't want to take the church into onerous debt during this time. It's not wise to have a lot of financial strain when we're going into transition. So with these things in mind, um, I also needed to hear from God and I, a couple of months ago I really felt God speak to me out of this scripture, Luke 10, 41. Martha, Martha, but it was Roz, Roz. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. And from this scripture, I really sense that God was saying, build one building. Only one building in this season is needed, which will be the MPC. The MPC, the multi-purpose centre, is really needed, is a need, where whereas the chapel is a want. So in this season, I really believe that um, we should just do one building, the multi-purpose. A couple of other thoughts. I feel like we can vi I can vision and we can build a multi-purpose centre really well. We will include car park, an older kids' playground, deck, good coffee shop, um, good coffee uh, cafe, veranda, and, and also we'll be giving the kids a really good, and the next generation, a really good grassed area. So I didn't want to do half a building. I wanted to do one building really well. Um, the other thing is the chapel became hard work. It felt like it was becoming a slog. We couldn't agree on a design. Uh, as we won't be building the chapel, and I know that some of you invested some of your money and donated money thinking that we were going to build the chapel. So we're really happy. If you want to come and talk to us, we can talk about giving your money back. We want to have integrity in that area. Uh, when we discussed this at board, Mindy, had, Mindy remembers um, prophecies like you remember what you had for breakfast. Do you remember what you had for breakfast? Okay, no, I yeah. Wrong person to ask. Um, uh, and she said to me, she remembers a few years ago, Mark and I standing up and saying we had one building left in us. Um, which was interesting. And lastly, when we came 30 years, you know, we inherited that building from the generation above us. We inherited that building as the church and we inherited the first church as the kids' building, the, the old hall that is up there. And um, it's incredible to inherit something. Really, we all need to leave a legacy for the next generation. And I was so grateful that that generation left that legacy for us. But for me, I want to also leave a legacy. So Mark feels like this was his mandate. The building that we're sitting in was his, what God called him to build. But the thing is in, that's in my heart, because you know that I love kids, and I love youth, and I love the community. And I know so many of us have got dreams for things inside us that I think that building up there will be a vehicle to fulfil those dreams. So I want to leave that inheritance for the next generation, and that's all. Thank you, Pastor Ross, and thank you for the, the, the wisdom that you've put in here and for hearing from God, and thank you that your focus is legacy. It is what comes next for the future of this church, and we appreciate that. Mindy, can we talk dollars? How much is this going to cost? What, what's this plan going to sting us? <laughs> <laughs> can I just say one thing? That hall is a beautiful hall, and that is our legacy, us as a church. In 1955, that building was founded as our church, that actual building. They did move it to this location from somewhere else, but that was someone else's legacy for us. And 70 years later, almost, it's still serving us. Yeah. 
Isn't that wonderful? It is amazing. And the new bit, so we're building, if you didn't get the details, we're building a new multi-purpose centre on the same location as the hall, and it's going to be twice the size. Okay, so that will be good. So we're creating room for growth, which is pretty exciting. Sorry, I wanted to add some deets there. So the building itself is going to cost us about $1.5 million to build. And also we have to pay for a car park, which is about $300,000. So all up, that's about $1.8 million. Good news is you're all really good savers. And as a church, you have saved almost $650,000. And I expect that by the time we actually go into construction, we'll need to borrow about a million dollars. Does that sound like a lot of money? Um, we have actually paid off $1.1 million before, and we paid that off as a church in seven years. So I feel like a million-dollar debt for us as a church is a really manageable project for us to take on. So I feel really good about that. All right. Have you got one of these forms on your seats? So this is our enlarged form. On the 20th of January, we're going to June. be have June. Yes, not January. <laughs> she were a good pal. 20th of June, we're going to be doing our offering. So fill out this form. Consider what you might like to give, how you'd like to be involved financially. And fill out the form. You can give on the day. You can give regularly. Or you can pledge to give at a time in the future. And together, we're going to take up an offering and stick this in the bucket on the 20th of June. It doesn't matter how much you give, doesn't matter how big or small it is, it's being about being part of it, being part of the journey. And because I've been part of this for a long time, deep in my soul, I know this is not just a financial journey for us, this is just a small part of us being involved in a physical manifestation of what God is doing spiritually. And in the season of Enlarge, I know that that is a prophetic word in this season over us as a church. And in my seasons at Macquarie, if there's been that prophetic word, I claim it for myself, I stand up under it. So I want you to believe in that personal enlarging whatever it is in your life that is needing that great God move. I just pray that you would personally step in and claim it for yourself. Thank you, Mindy. And can I just say, as a church, the wisdom that Mindy brings to us on that side of the fence is world class. Um, she's an example to the state and to the movement, so we are in very safe hands. And I want to thank you for being a generous church. You have always been, I've been involved in Macquarie on and off for 20 years plus, we've always been a generous church and it's not about equal giving, it's about equal sacrifice. Um, Pastor Ian, let's talk about what this thing's going to look like. I have heard rumours that there's not going to be a hydrotherapy spa anymore, so if you could confirm and deny that, it would be appreciated. Is the Elders' Lounge still going to be? We will I think there's going to be a wine bar. A wine bar. A wine bar. <laughs> Probably. Just covering up the alcohol advertising. Not much. There we go. Over to you, sir. Thanks, Craig. Um, first of all, I'm feeling a little bit nervous sitting up here because I was part of the building team for this building and just before it got built, Mark and Roz said to Debbie and I, you're out, you go to Melbourne. So I'm just wondering if we're going to be sent out again to get rid of us, Ross. <laughs> it's, all, it's a little bit nervous. Um, who in the room are detail people? You like detail. You've just had the detail. Who are big picture people? Yeah, big picture people. Let's have a look at some big pictures. That's a big picture. You can't even see it. I've got a pointer, but I don't know if I can point very well with it. Um, so... We are sitting here in the existing auditorium. 
So if you imagine looking through that wall towards the old, um, audit, the old kids' hall, that building there, I don't know if you can see that, that's where the new building is going to be. As Mindy said, it's quite, it's significantly bigger than the current one. It includes a, a hall, a stage, lots of storage. Yay! <laughs> lots of storage doesn't mean we keep lots more stuff. Um, it includes a cafe, which is just there, um, nice seating area, a couple of meeting rooms, lots of toilets. And if you can see that green area there, that's going to be a nice uh, landscaped courtyard and kids' playground. So we're going to put kids' playground equipment in there. Um, for that, Ros mentioned the chapel. That's, these are the plans when the chapel is still included. That's it there. I'm probably standing in everyone's way over here. Um, that's the chapel there. We have included that in the DA. The DA went into council this week. The chapel is still included. Doesn't mean we have to build it yet. It just means that we can get approval for it. And down the track somewhere, if circumstances change, we can include the chapel. So we don't have to go it's through the next another generation when I have a go. Yeah, yeah. So can we have the next one, Ethan? That is... Um, Again, if you're standing over in the after-service prayer area over there, looking up towards the current hall, that is what you will see. A nice winding path going up to it, nice um, glass doors all along the northern side, looking out into the courtyard, looking out over the grass area, and there will be a barbecue area cafe up there. So that's looking pretty good, isn't it? Looking exciting. I need to stress that the plans still need to be... We'll still fine-tune them, we'll still develop them as we go along. It's part of the process that we go through, but that's in at DA now. Um, assuming that the DA goes through OK, we're looking at about a 12-month period between DA approval and when we, um, when we can move into the thing. So, later on next year. We'll be hopefully we'll be um, having a grand opening for that. Um, so I just encourage us all to get on board with this. I'm looking at it this way: we've got a current hall there now that my three grandkids, Ollie, Audrey, and Parker, go to. We're building it so that Ollie, Audrey, and Parker, when they get older and are kids leaders and youth leaders, that's what they will work in, and then their kids will use it as well. So. Long-term future, long-term vision. I think it's great. Let's get behind it. That's great. Thank you very much. Can we can we thank our panel? <laughs> and um, certainly, I'm I'm looking forward to availing of the facilities of the solid gold pastor's bathroom. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, we might hand to you, Ros. You've got some. What, what are those red things on your shirt? Oh, they're, they're covering up the the beer company because we're a church and oh, I don't want to okay. lead anyone astray. Right. I didn't notice that there's actually a casino advertised on the back. <laughs> um, so that's where this whole thing falls you're, over. You're a nut. Um, 
Yeah. Look, look I'm, I'm a Bible-believing, God-honouring, spirit-filled Christian, 362 days a year, but for the three origin nights, I put my cross-likeness in a small box and I just hurl insults at Queenslanders. So, yeah, um, yeah it's going to be so a great week. What do you, who, think, who do you think will win? Oh, New, New South Wales by 500. Oh, I don't think that's prophetic. Yeah, All right. Thanks, panel, intelligent panel. Mark is up at the bay this morning. Robin and Greg McEwen are the senior pastors up there. And uh, they are finishing their season. We sent them out 19 years ago. We'll get them here, um, you know, I don't know, in a couple of months and thank them. But uh, they've been senior pastoring for 19 years, felt the season finish. So Mark is up there telling them, well done, good and faithful service servant and giving them a gift from us all. So how good is that? The seasons of life, let me pray. Father, we thank you for your pl the plans in your heart. Father, we thank you that you lead us and guide us. We thank you that we're, the, we're your sheep and we you know your voice. I just pray that right now as I share for the next few minutes, God, that um, we lean in and that you speak to us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Who likes to travel? Who used to like to travel? Um, who's the pre-planned person? Who's the spontaneous Who's like the five star? Who's, who's the camper? Who's the sea? Likes going to the sea? Who likes going to the mountains? Mark and I uh, have to have hours of negotiation before we go on a holiday because he likes little villages and little shopping places, whereas I like the wilderness. So um, that's how we sort it out. A couple of months ago, God spoke to me out of numbers regarding enlarge and the journey. So that's what I want to share with you this morning. In Numbers, we read about the Israelites. The Israelites' story is a journey out of slavery, tyranny, and unbelief. It is a story of a nation leaving things behind, escaping from ignorant mindsets, finding their true God. It is a journey of a nation following a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. Whenever the cloud lifted from above their tents, the Israelites set out. Whenever the cloud settled, the Israelites stopped and camped. They went into deserts, they went out of deserts, um, but they kept following the cloud. And their journey is our journey. Their story is our story. Our lives are punctuated with intermittent deserts. Our lives are a series of deaths and rebirths. Our journey, like the Israelites, is about character about spirituality, about overcoming our own giants, about fulfilling our potential and becoming the best and the freest version of ourselves. However, we don't have the cloud. We don't have the cloud because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit now and the cloud dwells in us and we know the still, small voice. In Hebrews 10, we read about Hobab. Who knows about Hobab? No. That's all right. I didn't either. <clears throat> Don't know, no one's calling their kid Hobab. But Hobab was Moses' brother-in-law, and he decides, he goes to talk to Moses, he decides he's had enough of following the cloud and the fire. He said, listen, mate, I want to get my caravan and leave you all and go back to my own land and my own people. And then I read this scripture, and this is the scripture I felt God speak to me from. Hebrews 10, 29. And then Moses said to Hobab, his brother-in-law, listen, Hobab, we are setting out to the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us and we will do you good. 
For the Lord has promised good, 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 good concerning Israel. So Moses tells Hobab, listen, buddy, it's not I setting out. It's we setting out. And you need to pull up your tent pegs. You need to hang close with us, hang close with God, because otherwise you won't receive your inheritance. Stay with us. You'll receive your inheritance. And um, God has promised agreeable, the scripture said, pleasant things, not only for you, but your descendants, your kids and your grandkids. So good on Hobab. He changed his mind and went with Moses. Um, So it's time to set out. So there's seasons in our life that we encamp, and there's seasons in where life we set out, and I believe the Holy Spirit said, Ros, your church now is a season of setting out. You've been encamped under Mark and Ros's leadership. You've been encamped in the building and you've paid it off. You've been encamped in COVID, but now it is time to set out. And the setting out is setting out into transition. We've never done transition before. We did transition 30 years ago and it was like done in two weeks. Here, Ros and Mark, here's the church. And I said, I don't want to be here. Um, but we did, we came. And, um, but now we're doing a better version of transition, two or three years to the, next, um, to the next generation. But we're also in transition because not only are we transitioning to the next generation, we're, we're going into a building journey. So we're going to build something for the next generation in this transition for the next generation. Um, and, the, and that scripture, I love that scripture because he said, he will give it to us. That's what he said to me. I will give it to you, Roz. I know there'll be challenges, but all I need to know is a word from God. That's how Mark says taught me. All I need to know is hear from God. And that's what he said. I will give it to you. I will give it to you, Macquarie. Whatever you have in your heart for that building, for kids, for youth, Brit, and for dreams that we have for community, he said, I will give it to you. When God gave me this scripture, I was Hobab. I said to him, I don't want to set out. God, I've been setting out for 30 years and um, I would like to stop setting out. I would like to, I'm having two grandkids later this year. So I said, God, I would like to curl up in in front of a fire and read Dr. Zeus for the next 10 years. Um, And also I said, God, I'm 61. But he asked me two questions straight back. He said to me, how old was Caleb when he set out? Caleb was 85. And then he said to me this. He said, where am I? He said, I'm in the setting out. And I said, well, God, I want to be with you. So if God's in the encamp, encamp. But if he's in the setting out, set out. As a church and as an individuals, if we quit, if you quit or our church quits and stops our journey of faith, which is littered with challenges, and it's not easy, we become an old wineskin. And I have been in churches that have become an old wineskin. And you can hear it in the way they talk. They talk about what God used to do, not what God is about to do. And it only takes one generation to become an old wineskin because God doesn't stop. If you camp and think, well, I'm not moving, God doesn't say, well, I'm following you around. No, it doesn't work like that. (laughs) He goes ahead. We're following him. He's not following us. So we're setting out a few, th- a few thoughts. The first one is this. The journey enlarges us. Exactly what Craig said. On the journey, we meet challenges and God uses the challenges to enlarge us, make us bigger on the inside. The biggest giants you will face in life, let me tell you, are not the external giants. 
The biggest giants you will ever have to overcome are the ones that are inside of you. Unbelief, insecurity, greed, fear. It's not COVID that'll take you out. It's not losing your job that'll take you out. It's the giant within you. It's your reaction to COVID. It's your reaction to losing your job that takes you out. It's not what happens to you that takes you out. It what's happens, it's what happens in you that takes us out. Um, I've got a couple of little, whoa. Oh, that's for the eight, that's for the ten. I've got a couple of little, I made this, Julie. Look, you're crafty, aren't you? I made it. <laughs> I just, um, I've just got a couple of object lessons for you. You know, when I was 20, I didn't have much character. I didn't have much stand-up. I didn't have many convictions. I crumbled easily. And so God could only put this much on me. Because otherwise I would have caved. But in my journey of 30 years... He has made me a lot stronger on the inside. And if... Oh, help me to get this. Hello. Oh, I've got to say it to all the people on the screen watching us live. You know, when I was 20, if God had put the weight on me that I carry now... I would have crumbled. <laughs> and same with you. But what does the journey do? It makes us stronger and we can carry so much more. more. So in your life, he is taking you, yes, he is taking you from a cardboard to a brick. I tell you why, because it's not about you. He wants you to carry. He wants you to carry weight. He's called you to responsibility. He has called you to contribute to life. You have 70 years, 80 years, 90 years if you're really healthy. Um, but he's called you to contribute to life. All right, the journey will not only enlarge you, it will sanctify you. He wants to sanctify you because he doesn't want you to carry things just for yourself. He wants to sanctify you so you will have a heart that wants to bless others, so that when you're enlarged and carrying things, you can use it to bless others. A few years ago, I was standing in the front, I was worshipping, and our kids had had relationship issues. My youngest daughter had a mental health battle. And the Holy Spirit said to me this very clearly, the enemy is resisting your fruitfulness. You're a Mark's fruitfulness. You've been fruitful spiritually. The enemy is resisting your natural fruitfulness. And i just got to say this, you were created for fruitfulness. I know you were created for fruitfulness because your father is fruitful. Fruitful. God is fruitful. It's in his DNA. He made the land and the plants and the animals and us to be fruitful. So it's part of his DNA. But the enemy has a plan for you not to be fruitful. The three areas, the three keys to fruitfulness, I think, are stewarding what's in your hand. You have to steward what's in your hand. He can only increase what you steward in your hand. You need to know the season. And you need to have a healthy heart. And the enemy goes after those three things. And many people aren't fruitful. Many people don't develop fruitfulness. But Jesus gets annoyed and ticked off with us if we're not fruitful. Remember the tree. He got ticked off with the tree when it wasn't fruitful. He gets ticked off with us. He said, no, come on. You need to be fruitful. 
You know, the last couple of weeks, Mark's been explaining the soil principle with his new gardening exploits. He's been telling us that you don't have to feed the plant, you feed the soil. Because if the soil is healthy, the plant will produce fruit. And so, you know, we, the Zares have got lots of citrus trees and we've got chicken poo. We don't put chicken poo on the leaves. We put chicken poo on the soil. And the soil is talking about our healthy heart. And, you know, the only way to fruitfulness, church, is really to have poo, have poo encounters, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, fruitfulness in our lives means that poo will come our way. Remember Jesus, he said, you need to dig around this tree and you need to fertilize it. God uses everything we go through to enrich your soil. You want to have healthy soil? Well, how are you going to have healthy soil? By going through tough times. Disappointment, loss, betrayal, misunderstanding, challenges. He doesn't cause those things to happen, but he uses it. It's like chicken poo and it enriches our soil. John 12, 24 says this, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. You know, we, the Zares used to pick up all our rotten fruit. Um, but this guy that Mark's been talking to, so here's some rotten fruit. He said this. He said, you've got to leave the fruit there. It's got to rot and break down into the soil and it will enrich the soil. But this is a story and the picture of what happens in our lives. I know you've all been through really tough tough you've been through tough times but if you process the tough times if you process what comes your way if you can learn to forgive if you can learn to work on your heart if you can say God teach me if you can say God I'm going to carry this cross with grace if you can trust and lean into God all of these things God will not waste one thing in your life and you will have rich, rich soil. And you will be very fruitful. In fact, you cannot have rotting fruit. You cannot have life without death. And the last one is, the journey leads to inheritance. Hebrews 11.8 says, you guys can start playing. Hebrews 11.8. By faith it says, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later as receive as his as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. So God called Abraham, and Abraham went, and where did Abraham go? He went into his inheritance. Every time you say yes to God, you are walking into your inheritance. Every time you obey, you are walking into your inheritance. You're just thinking about the cost. But you are walking into what God has for you. Every time you follow the cloud, every time you surrender, every time you process the pain and trust God, you are walking into your inheritance. You know, when we, I don't know, those years ago, we start giving to this building. We were giving, not to this, but we were giving to this building, we were giving to our own inheritance. You know, my dad died in 2006, but all my adult life, my dad helped me out financially. With our first house, 
He helped us with the deposit. We had to pay him back, mind you, 10% interest. But interest in those days were 18%. Because my dad was a good dad. He knew to teach us responsibility. But you know, I didn't receive my inheritance when my dad died. My mum's still alive, so she's got it. I say, mum, don't spend much on taxis. Leave it for me. Um, But God's the same. God's not waiting for you to get to heaven to give you your inheritance. I know because I had a good dad. He's got inheritance for you all along your life. But it's only in the yes. It's only in the God I'm setting out. You are setting out to your inheritance. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.